It's really subjective. So we have to think of that, too. When we say risk-taking, what does that mean for you? What is the thing that makes you go, oh, my gosh, but yet gets Life. you excited? <laughs> <laughs> is that too broad? Time to hop back up on that couch for yours truly. Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode 105. I, of course, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health therapy patient. Then you have Courtney Kelly, who is a longtime mental health therapist. And Courtney, in the world of therapy, Mm -hmm. risky behavior, not necessarily something that people want to explore all that much. But there are some benefits to risk taking. Yes. And when I was doing a little deeper dive on this, they actually have a name for it, therapeutic risk taking. And we do this with clients. I didn't know there was an actual title for it, but we do this with clients who are going through anxiety, depression, trauma issues, and they're trying to make their comfort zone a little bigger. Because as you know, with anxiety and depression, it makes you live smaller, right? It tells you a story about how much you can't handle and you got to stay just in your lane and you can't be doing anything big. And so we We try to help people challenge themselves and look at themselves bigger. In therapy, we are always trying to get people to do these small challenges. Well, I was thinking today we could talk about not only the small challenges, and maybe to some people those are the big challenges, but also looking at risk-taking in general, and maybe we need to reframe some of this. Of course, we're not talking about impulsive emotional risk-taking where you're just doing something and not thinking about it. We need to make a plan, but let's reframe this because risk-taking can be very healthy for us. I can add another wrinkle to this. Given my OCD, Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm a person who is all about routines. And when you get to be all about routines to a certain extent, you start to find yourself getting into ruts. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely not good for every other area of mental health because you start to stagnate. You're not growing. You're not living. And that's what I tell people. Listen, if you deal with some of these issues chronically, then don't expect that your brain is going to tell you to do something otherwise, right? Your brain is going to do the thing that, okay, if I get anxious, if I'm not doing my routine, then I need to stick to my routine 110%. But what that does is just keeps reinforcing that anxiety. You're not challenging it and trying to grow and also do something different that may actually stimulate you in different ways. If we take risks, we actually become more creative. We can boost our mood. We can feel more alive. We feel more connected. But yes, we do have to go through that discomfort and also that fear of failure and all that kind of stuff that gets in the way. And I think it's important, too, to enlighten people to the fact that a risk for one person Mm -hmm. is absolutely nothing to another person. You know, if you have social anxiety, walking up to a stranger and starting a conversation, that's a risk. For somebody who is outgoing and an extrovert, they'd be like, that's a risk. They don't get it. So it's really on a case-to-case basis. And it's really subjective. So we have to think of that too. When we say risk-taking, what does that mean for you? What is the thing that makes you go, oh my gosh, but yet gets you excited? (laughs) (laughs) Is that too broad? (laughs) Right, exactly. And for one person, it might be thinking about starting a business. For someone else, like you said, it could be just going to the mall would be a huge thing to do because that would be a big risk for them because their anxiety would start jacking up. So it is really thinking about individually, what is that risk for you? And I want people to think about that. What is the thing that is in you that you've wanted to do or that you're feeling drawn to, but yet there's that fear and it's like, oh my gosh, what if? I think the first question you need to ask yourself is this, 
what is my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and what is outside of my comfort zone? And what is something healthy for me to pursue outside of Mm -hmm. that comfort zone? Exactly. And that's where talking to a friend about it, someone who's close to you, talking to a therapist about it, making a plan, because you don't want to just throw yourself out there because there are risks, right? And there are things that can make you feel untethered and you can also hit some failure and hit some things that are tough. What we try to do is make a plan for that. Like, okay, it's not going to be easy. So what do we do when you start to feel overwhelmed? What kind of coping can we put in place? What kind of things can you do for grounding? This is all about how you take calculated risks, but you do it in the safest way. A lot of times in therapy, you do things in baby steps. Mm -hmm. And this is an opportunity for you to do something that's a little bit more than that. Now, it's a long way between baby steps Mm -hmm. and diving into something head first. You also need to find that middle ground. Yes. And really listen to yourself and have that conversation of, okay, What is it that I really want to try? And again, like you said, this could be something like trying new foods. This could be doing a certain task that you never thought that you could do. Maybe it's maybe taking a class, right? Maybe it's taking a dance class. Oh, yeah. I would like (laughs) you to take a dance class, Brian. Where's my leotard? That would expand you. Maybe you want to write a blog. I mean, all of these things. But when you think about it, it's taking risks because you're putting yourself out there. And for a lot of us, that's a really scary thing. And I just have to mention this silly thing, which is still driving me crazy because we just did the show prior to jumping on to do the podcast. But when you do something in the public eye, I had to really think about that being in radio, being out there in entertainment, you're putting yourself out there. And if you make mistakes, you feel like everyone knows about it. And sometimes at your job, when you make a mistake, you can cover it up and keep it moving. But when you do something more publicly, sometimes you get trolled. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people will say things because sometimes. You, <laughs> you feel like a target. And then like today, I totally spaced on a break and I was in another room and you're like, Courtney, and I'm like, oh my God, I come flying in. In my head, there was another song to be played, but no. And so we didn't stop for the break. We had to go right into commercials. And so we missed our break. And I'm just like, ah, and I'm still beating myself up over it. The thing is, you have to remember when you take risks, when you play big, when you get into these forums, whatever that means for you, that you also have to temper that by saying, okay, I'm human. What do I need to do to make this better for the next time so it doesn't happen again? But yet I also need to accept the fact that along the way on your journey, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fall on your face. Sometimes you're going to fail at things. And what is that they say? If you're not failing some of the time, then you're not trying hard enough. You're not living big enough. So we have to remember that, too, because a lot of us will keep beating ourselves up over things. And to speak to our job as morning radio show hosts, as you know, there is probably nobody more prepared to perform a morning radio show than yours truly. My preparation is over the top diligent, insane, and crazy to some degree. And I have to watch it because it can get out of control. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side, you and I were just discussing something that keeps things interesting for me. As we were getting ready to begin episode 105, Courtney is pulling out all of her copious (laughs) notes and she's arranging them all over the place and looking for various things. And I'm just sitting there staring straight ahead. (laughs) And we even discussed how, for me, I never walk in here into this podcast with one lick of preparation, Mm -hmm. but that takes me outside of that comfort zone Mm -hmm. and in some ways is thrilling for me to fly by the seat of my pants, to try to figure it out as I go. I'm really more reacting 
to you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's almost the reverse of what a therapy session is, where right, right. I'm coming in and I'm like, Bleh, and then you have to just <laughs> clean up the mess. For me, I'm taking the opposite role, which takes me out of my comfort zone. And sometimes even with the job that we have for as prepared mm-hmm. as we are, I love the thrill of taking phone calls every day because there's nothing predictable right. about it. And my favorite part of the show is, how am I going to get us out of this? Right. <laughs> like trying to figure it out on the fly. So that is a way, at least in my world, where I have to put a balance between a couple of things. One area where I'm way too rigid Mm -hmm. and one area where maybe people would say, oh my God, he's flying by the seat of his pants too much. But I think I found a way to maintain that balance. Mm -hmm. And that's what keeps things interesting for me. That's what keeps me from getting stagnant. That's what keeps me out of the ruts that Mm -hmm. I was talking about. And that's what you know. I think that's a really important point because we have to go back to our values. What's important to us? What makes us happy? What makes us feel connected? When do we feel challenged and really in that zone and what they describe as the flow? And you really are. You know that about yourself. In certain ways on purpose, you're just like, ah, I'm just going in there and see what happens. But that's a beautiful thing. When you do need to prepare, of course, you over-prepare. <laughs> but I think you prepare like that so that you have a lot to pull from so that when you are on your feet with no notes and you're just like, okay, what's this caller going to say? That you can pull from all these different directions and your brain picks up so many different things. That's when you can make that magic. It's like an improv, but with lots of information that was already imported. And I always say that, that my knowledge base is 100 miles wide mm-hmm. and an inch deep. And because I have knowledge of a lot of different things, I can make an obscure reference. I can have a conversation about anything. And that is how I challenge myself. I often think of musicians who have maybe just a few hits or even numerous hits who go out on the road and they have to play the same song every Mm. night. And it gets to a point where some of them start hating those songs. So what they do is they'll switch it up. Let's change the tempo. Let's do a jazzier version of this, something that's going to keep them engaged. Sometimes it upsets the audience. But if the alternative is, well, we're just not going to play that song anymore at all because we can't take it anymore. You have to make an allowance for some of that. And I even think of Howard Stern. A lot of people get angry at him because he's not on the air nearly as much as he used to be. He has reduced the number of days per week. Mm -hmm. He has increased the number of vacations and weeks off that he takes. He's also reduced the number of hours per day. And when people start getting upset, he said, okay, here's your option, that or nothing. What would you rather have? Mm -hmm. And the longer that you do it, sometimes you do have to set those limits and boundaries. Mm -hmm. But he spent a lifetime of taking an unbelievable amount of risks to get to that place. Nobody in the radio industry took more risks than Howard Stern in terms of the things that he was doing when he kept being told, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you're going to be fired. (laughs) You finally get to a point where you're at peace with it all, and then suddenly you need to start reaping the benefits and seeing some of the rewards of that. Well, it's funny, because I think that's part of his value system. He wants to push. No matter Mm -hmm. what somebody says to him, he's like, oh, yeah? (laughs) Well, then we're going to do that. But he's really changed, (laughs) and he's really evolved, and some people would say he's devolved. Mm -hmm. I find his show now, and I've been a huge fan of his, very difficult to listen to, because I feel like he kind of has lost his edge. It reminds me of Letterman at the end 
and but I'm never going to begrudge him for right, that right, because right. look at the career he's had, the body of work and mm-hmm. everything that he had to do to get to that place. And to be honest with you, I envy it because mm-hmm. I wish I could get to that place. I wish I wasn't so manic all of the time about content. But when it comes to this podcast and when it comes to taking the phone calls, that's where I take my little bit of a deep breath there. And it reminds me too of what we talked about this week. We had a topic on something that you did that was liberating and you wish you had done it sooner. And we can see this too in calculated risk-taking. You did it and you're like, why didn't I think of this before? Why was I so afraid to try it? And so I think it's like that too with Howard Stern at the end. Now he probably feels liberated. Like, okay, this is what I'm going to do and this is how it's going to be. And if not, then I'm wrapping it up. I have nothing left to prove and I have nothing to lose at Mm -hmm. this point. He is finally at that point. And unfortunately, that takes some of your drive away. And I think that's what I'm talking about. And even Letterman now, I've said it many times before, who was my biggest comedic influence said, I look back at those times Mm -hmm. and I see how obsessed I was about the show. It was really at the cost of everything else in my life. And so I've realized now that I can't be that way. So he has a show on Netflix. I can't even watch it. It's just so unwatchable to me because as I always say, that drive and that mania is what made you so good. And I'm still kind of straddling that and trying to find Mm -hmm. that middle ground. I don't want to lose a marriage over radio content or stand-up comedy material or whatever it Mm -hmm. is for me. And looking at it, Brian, looking at it, reframing it, like for them, this is the natural progression. You have this peak where it's all about the thing, the show, the gig, whatever. But then you get to a point where you get to the other side of it and you start to say, there's other things in my life that I need to shine a light on. Maybe you're not into what they're doing anymore, but they're finding a new audience and they're finding it however smaller it may be. (laughs) He's like, I'm sure it is smaller, but they're finding a new place to express something new and they've taken it down. But that was how it was supposed to be. They will burn out if they stayed at that level for that long forever. Okay. They would have massive success maybe for a long, long time. But would they have, like you said, the family life? Would they have the balance in their life? So I think that that's a natural progression. And now they're in a different space. Reframing that, not that I want you to be (laughs) going in that way, but you never know. In another 10 years, you might say, you know what? I want to shift gears and do something else. Well, I can tell you part of it is mellowing out, Mm -hmm. becoming more mature. And when I look back on my career, I can look back and say that I have certain regrets. And if I have a fan base, this is where maybe they're upset with me. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, I would do anything for the laugh. I would say anything inappropriate. I would say hurtful things. Mm-hmm. I would say shocking things. And sometimes when I look back on that now, it makes me cringe. Yeah. And what I've done is I've said to myself to challenge myself again and take risks It's a lot harder to work clean. It's a lot harder to find that obscure laugh than that shocking laugh. Mm. And it's really more satisfying, at least it is for me, to say, wow, I can make a joke that can be funny to a 19-year-old guy, a 40-year-old mom. Mm -hmm. It's not going to offend the four-year-old in the back seat. But the fan base who is used to the harder, edgier Brian might be like, he's not as funny anymore. Mm. He's just not doing it anymore. And that's how I feel about Howard. It's just not doing it for me as much anymore. But I don't disrespect it. I get it. 
it just kind of bums me out. And when I hear older episodes, I do pine for that. But look, like we all said, it's about limit setting. It's Mm -hmm. about finding those balances. And yeah, you can't keep going like a 23-year-old radio person as you turn 52. I just don't have that in me anymore. So look at you. You already have that insight, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) I've had a lot of therapy. You were very outrageous back in the day, weren't you? (laughs) I'm very good at bullshit. (laughs) I can't believe you bought all of that hook, line, and sinker. Oh, I certainly did. But I I was saying to you, too, when we were talking about doing this podcast and Mm -hmm. my lack of preparation here, a lot of how I got through school was (laughs) through the gift of that, just kind of being able to put words together well Mm -hmm. and thoughts together well without maybe studying as hard as some other people that I remember I had a girlfriend and we took a lot of classes together in college and she hated me because (laughs) drove her crazy. She would be studying, 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 pulling all nighters. I'd look at her notes for five minutes. I'd go in, we'd take the final and I'd destroy her on it. I remember one time she just burst into tears, but I said, look, it's an essay. Yeah. I can talk my way into or out of anything. Oh, that's true. You can. Yeah. And that is really a gift. And I've turned that into a career Mm -hmm. and not everybody can do that. She's like, how would you do on multiple choice, buddy? (laughs) But that's where, when it comes to risk taking, Mm -hmm. you have to take a look at, okay, what are my strengths? Mm -hmm. What are my weaknesses? What do I need to work on? And in a healthy way, and hopefully with the guidance of somebody like a therapist. When I talk to people about taking risks, we go to wise mind. Let's acknowledge the feelings that are going on here, but let's also look at the bigger picture. What would your future self say if you had a conversation? And it's really funny because people really do know what they need to do. And I'll say, okay, what would your future self say about this right now? Okay, well, my future self would say, I need to try again. You already have all of the wisdom that you need, but what you also need is a person to hold you accountable. You need someone who's going to give you that support, validate how difficult it can be, help you with a plan for what you're going to do when it gets hard, but also to kind of give you that push, right? So if it's not through therapy, then maybe through coaching, or maybe you get a friend that you stay accountable with and you say, hey, this is my big dream, or this is what I want to do and they tell you what they want to do and you try to hold each other accountable in that space but really asking your future self because your future self inevitably and I've never had this not work I say ask your future self and your future self from five years from now or whatever what would they say they would say it's going to be okay all of these encouraging things and so we really do have all of the wisdom inside of us we just have to stop give ourselves the space to listen to ourselves so that we can live more fully when you said I've never seen that not work Mm -hmm. we run a commercial for boner treatments (laughs) that's the first thing that i thought of i don't think that was your intention listen to the commercials sometimes guys. And he says, 98.1 is where you want to check that out but i also think too courtney that we talk about our future selves and we always think about the one thing that you never want to ask yourself which Mm -hmm. is what if i mean it's easy to do the safe thing yeah But if you get to a certain point where there was something you wanted to do and now you have no ability Mm -hmm. to do it, that's not going to be good for your mental health. No, no, not at all. And there's some work out there that some professionals are doing around risk-taking and comedy. And I was thinking of you. I said, this is so awesome. A lot of times we feel like, what's the biggest fear? To get up on stage, right? And to do some public Mm -hmm. speaking or to do something in front of people. But actually, even though that can be a big risk and a big fear... 
that can actually be something that can really connect people. And a couple of things caught my eye. In the UK, they have this whole program where professionals are actually writing out scripts for people, basically, to go take these classes in improv and stand-up comedy. And then there's also someone here in the United States. He's an author. He's a counselor, too. And he goes around and he does these shows with people. They have them virtually. It's really cool. It's called Stand Up for Mental Health. It just caught my eye. And he is someone who suffers from depression. He's talking all about how when you get out of that comfort zone and you can really connect and do something like that, I said, that's so powerful and so scary, right? I mean, what's more scary than getting up and trying to make people laugh? But if you can get over that fear, how liberated would you feel that you could do anything, right? Sometimes what I tell people when I was a life coach, what's the scariest thing? Okay, put that up another notch or two. If you do that thing, the other thing is not going to feel as scary. We always talk about the baby steps, but sometimes we need to look at, okay, what can I do that's going to take my breath away? What is the line in the sand where this is what I have to do? I have to cross this line and I have to shift something, change something, try something new. I really do think that it can be really great for our mental health. I love that you brought up stand-up because a lot of people who get started in that right away, they look at the people who are very successful and they get angry and they get jealous and they say, all Jim Gaffigan has to do is walk into a room and say whatever and people are just so happy to see him to laugh at anything. Mm -hmm. But the real struggle and the real journey is learning to get to that point Mm -hmm. and getting up there and seeing what bombs and what doesn't. If you just walked in and everyone was laughing right away at everything that you said, how are you going to grow Mm -hmm. as a comedian? How are you going to fine tune your craft? Sometimes it's just about moving a word or changing inflection. Mm -hmm. And that's where they talk about, what is it? The 10,000 hours of doing something before you can officially be a professional. Mm -hmm. You need those opportunities to fall on your face in comedy, much like you do in life, as we always say, you learn a lot more from your mistakes. There would be no satisfaction without that growth, and there would also be no satisfaction without taking those risks. Right. The comedians that drive me the most crazy are the ones that just stick to the act they had 15 years ago because they know they can go in yeah. and it's always going to kill. They don't want to try the new material because when they're not getting that same amount of laughs, they start to freak out. Mm. And I'm like, that piece of material is never going to get where it needs to be until you figure out where it needs to be. And no one is going to tell you more so and more genuinely than the audience. Of course. It's not up to you what's funny. They're going to tell you what's funny and what's not. And to be able to tolerate that journey, right? Because it's Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. And you can put that for anything in life. You have to be able to tolerate some of that, the mistake making, the falling on your face. Relationships, marriage, parenting. Some of the feedback that you get. Oh, you're cringing, but you have to be able to take that in with comedy. I know a lot of people, and I've heard you say this, well, I'm not the best at that. I know other people who are better than I am, so I'm not going to do this. But the thing of it is, we all have something different to bring to the table, and that's good. We don't have to be as good as this person or as funny as that one, if we're bringing something in, only we can deliver it. So we have to allow for ourselves to be able to step forward and be that person. And my amendment to that attitude is that I always say, and it's a caveat right now, as we record, the Celtics are in the NBA finals. 
I don't have to be Jason Tatum. I don't have to be the best player on the floor. But if I'm Al Horford and if I'm good enough to be out on the floor mm-hmm. playing with those people, that's good enough yeah. for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, I would love to be the best. Don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. And there are some things where I'm really, really good and I know where my strengths lie and that's very satisfying. But I also know where my weaknesses are and you have to. I mean, that's all part of yeah, what we're saying about course. trying to figure out what you need to do to take risks to maybe raise your game in the areas where you're not Mm -hmm. quite as strong. Of course. That's the thing I hear from people like, oh, I want to start a blog. Oh, but I don't think I have anything new to say. Or I want to write a book. Well, I don't think I could do as good as someone else. Well, guess what? (laughs) Again, you are you and no one else has the perspective that you have that has lived the life and the experiences that you have. And so it's important for people to really reflect on that and to give themselves a little confidence to be like, hey, wait a minute. Nobody can say that joke the way I could or relate the way that I could. And maybe the world needs that. Just like there's many therapists who do all different things, but I'm a therapist who does things a certain way. And the people that I have really love the way that I hold the space. But to say, oh, I'm the best or this person's the best or whatever. No, I think we all have something to bring to the table. If somebody works with me, they learn certain things. They work with somebody else. They see a new perspective. We all have something valuable. We don't have to be the same. We don't have to be better than. We can all work to challenge ourselves to get better in areas, but appreciate our differences and appreciate what we have to offer. When it comes to those pursuits, it's all about moving lines. Mm -hmm. When I was in my teens, I was determined to be the next Edward Van Halen on guitar. I've talked about it many, many times, and I played and played and played and played and played and played, and I was in bands and I gigged, and eventually I got to a point where I just said, I'm not good enough, and I don't have that thing that's ever going to make me good enough. Does that mean I should throw my guitar into the garbage? I was going to say. No. What that means is that thing that I wanted to be a career could now be a hobby or a recreational activity Mm -hmm. or something that I can still do for fun. But maybe I need to find that other thing where, hey, I am good enough at this Mm -hmm. that I can make a living off of it. It doesn't mean that you just abandon ship as soon as you get frustrated. I can sing a little bit. I can go into a bar and do some karaoke and not horrify people. Oh, yeah, you can. But am I going to be one of the three tenors? No, of course not. But that's not a bad thing. I can still have fun and do something like that. But it really is. It's all about trying those things Mm -hmm. and trying them for a period of time and being okay with, I don't want to say failing, but maybe not being good enough sometimes, or maybe just being good enough, or maybe being the best. Right, and have fun with it. The thing is, I just had to giggle because you with the guitar, I could just picture you like, I'm not as good as Eddie Van Halen and just smashing the thing because you're so competitive. (laughs) I had to giggle. But I'll tell you too, thank God that I never became Eddie Van Halen because Mm -hmm. how many relevant rock bands are there right Right? now? So maybe that was the universe saying, look, this has a shelf life, Mm -hmm. but people are always going to need to laugh or be entertained and that's the path that led me there do I still periodically pick up a guitar and write Mm -hmm. songs and love it absolutely I do will I play any of it for you hell no (laughs) maybe you should Brian maybe we have to have like a open mic night and you can join with the guitar Uh, I don't know about that but But I'd be willing to try something like that if I felt like I had practiced enough and got to a point and I have performed music in front of people Mm -hmm. I'm not shy about it but yeah I'm not the best but I'm 
perfectly fine with that. And you don't need to be. That's the beauty of it. A lot of times with dreams, it doesn't have to be black or white, all or nothing. I'm either going to be famous or I'm not doing this at all. Well, guess what? There's a lot of outlets. It's really about the feeling that you get. When you think about big dreams, think about it like this. Like, what is the feeling that you want to get from that? Cultivate the feeling. If you get up in front of whether it's a huge audience or whether it's a small town bar on a Friday night and you want to play, what the feeling is that you get from that and that connection, that's what you're looking for. However that is for you, it doesn't have to be the book that's the bestseller. Just getting the feeling from the thing. And that's really where it goes back to what's important to you, what's your values, and stepping out. And I love that song by Luke Combs. I mean, he's huge. He's on fire, right? right? But how many people rejected him because they said he didn't have the look for country music? And he was a songwriter. He's a brilliant songwriter. And he just kept going and going and going. And finally, now look at him on fire, top of the charts, doing amazing. He's got a song out called Doing This. The whole thing is about how somebody sits and interviews him and says, hey, where are you from? How was it in school? And what would you be doing if you weren't doing this? And he said, you know what? This is exactly what I'd be doing. I'd be going on a Friday night, the local bar with my friends, and I'd be playing because I love it. I'd still be doing this if I wasn't doing this. No matter what, if I wasn't famous, I'd still be doing this. And to give you another pre-Eddie Van Halen day thing for me about what I wanted to do, I loved the Boston Celtics of the 1980s, the big three era with Larry Mm -hmm. Bird and Robert Parrish, Kevin McHale, (laughs) and I was determined that one day, oh, if I could only play Mm. for the Celtics and I would just be in the driveway for hours just making foul shots and Mm. shooting all over the place. But eventually I had to realize that I was a pudgy white guy who didn't have a whole heck of a lot of height or agility. Now, does that mean that I flushed the basketball down the toilet? No, I can still play Mm one-on-one with some of my friends or a spirited game of horse with Courtney. (laughs) And still have fun with it and still be okay with the fact that, all right, well, maybe I wasn't good enough to be Mm -hmm. a professional athlete, but that doesn't mean that I can't love the sport and still enjoy it. Exactly. So it's those kind of things. Instead of just for some people, they just cross it off the list. Forget it. That's not happened for me. Why don't you take it out, take out the list again and say, hey, what would be something that would be fun? What would be a risk, but something that I can make a plan for and add that into my life? Because I guarantee it's going to be good for your mental health. You're going to feel more confidence. You're going to feel good. You're going to feel liberated. And that's what it's all about. Get out there and live your life the way that you want to. Well, Courtney, it's time for me to file away my copious notes. (laughs) As I pick up all my little, yeah. As Courtney literally has to make a trip to a transfer station at a landfill to get rid of all of that paperwork. (laughs) How many trees have to die for coping on the couch with Courtney and Brian? Courtney, if people have any questions about risk-taking concerns, they feel like they have limitations, they need somebody to talk to, how can they reach I'm all fired up right now, Brian, too. I want to get people on board here. You got to do what you love. Yes, you can email me, wellness at wctk.com. We also have great resources on our website, catcountry.com, the wellness 411 page. You can also find a link to this podcast there as well. Don't forget the social media platforms at Cat Country Mornings on all of the major ones. We have individual pages. Courtney with a C, Kelly E-Y, Bedard sometimes for her. For me, it's Brian with an I, Mulhern, H-E-R-N. Feel free to reach out to us there. As Courtney said, you can get the podcast through that link. But you can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can use it on your smart devices. The thing that we always ask you to do is tell other people Mm -hmm. about it. Maybe you know somebody in your life who is afraid to take risks. Take a risk with our crappy podcast. (laughs) Let's see if you can enjoy this steaming pile of dung. (laughs) I'm just kidding, of course. Hey, we're 105 episodes in. We're trying, people, and we're enjoying it whether you are or not. Do I have to wait till 
two hundred to get another cake? <laughs> Anything? I'm no? still doing sit-ups from the last cake. I don't even know. We might go two fifty. Courtney, thank you so much as always. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian. I want to talk about-